Happy New Year to everyone and a happy Sunday of Epiphany in the church calendar as we uh, um, celebrate the gifts of God um, to us as we'll do um, throughout this day as we gather now in communion but as we gather also to ordain and install new officers that God has brought um, to lead and serve um, in his name to the church um, and we start uh, um, we also the, celebrate the gifts of, um, of his word and we, we start a series for the next six weeks uh, better together um, really how are, are, are our relationships, how are they um, better? How, how do we continue to grow in the ultimate goal of every relationship, which is to grow in the knowledge and appreciation and the doing um, of, uh, of love? Um, with um, one another. Um, Jesus is clear, you know, the great, when he was asked, the, what is the greatest commandment? He said, love God with everything you got. You know, heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor just like you love yourself. And what we'll uh, um, see today in um, uh, Romans chapter 13, if you want to pull out your Bibles and, and turn there, it's on 923 in your page 923 in your pew Bible, or you can follow along on the screen. Just that uh, the goal of every relationship um, is um, to love, to grow in our love for um, one another. So let's, uh, let's pray um, together. Uh, Almighty God, we give you thanks again for your word. Thank you for the gift of this day and to gather before you in praise and worship and adoration um, of your wondrous grace and mercy and goodness, justice, to appreciate and admire and adore your beauty. Thank you for this time. Speak to us now. Continue to um, lead us in, in the ways of your love. Overwhelm us, capture us with your love, and fill us so that it feeds us, so that we love um, all around us in, um, to your uh, glorious uh, grace, um, uh, to the, the praise of, of your name, and to, the, to, to, to proclaim in word and deed um, your gospel, your good news. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. All right, um, Romans uh, chapter 13, verses 8 through 11. A interesting little uh, passage here where um, uh, Paul, in the first part of the passage, he's talking about how we're to obey the authorities, um, obey uh, the uh, government authorities, government authorities that have God has put in place, that we're to obey. And that's even in Paul's day to the Roman government, that we're to obey them. And even to say we're to pay taxes um, sorry, you know that's you got a couple months now before you have to uh, do all that work. But that that is Paul says that's part of our responsibility as as Christians to to pay uh, taxes for what the work that that uh, the government is doing that God has ordained as our greatest um, authority. And so and then he hits our particular passage in uh, verse eight of chapter thirteen where he so right before he's saying so don't owe on your taxes pay. Uh, pay them. Don't have this debt that you uh, hold back because you need to go ahead and pay them. If you're going to have a debt of any kind, if you're going to owe anybody anything, then at all times, owe them love. And that's where we'll pick up with uh, chapter 13, verses 8 um, through 10. Owe no one anything except to love one another. 
For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. And any other commandment are summed up in this word. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, oh, nothing except to love them. This, this fulfills the very commandments of God. The, 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 the law of God, it, it fulfills it to the full. It, it completes it. And, and, you know, we think about laws, we think about commands, we think about them negatively, you know. We think about there's they're something that limits us. There are things that hold us back. There are things that if we break them, we get in trouble or we get punished. But that, that's not the law of God. No, the, the law of God is a lamp to our feet. I mean, the law of God is what feeds our soul. The law of God is what leads us to life to the full. Now, Jesus tells us that when we obey the law of God, when we uh, are in alignment with, with God's heart, with God's values, with the ways of heaven, which are described in God's laws, then we show our love to God as we submit to Him. That's how we love Him and what is, what is good. And it's not some capricious law that God is saying, if you don't obey me, you don't love me. It's a loving God with a perfect love whose laws are perfect that lead us into life in the full because we have a God that is wise and righteous and just and loving. So as we obey the law, it leads to love and to life. It's not in any way to somehow earn God's favor. It's not in some way to get points in heaven for some judgment day that's going to weigh them. How many did you obey? How many did you disobey? You get three points for that one because that's more important than the other. Because we are broken. We are deserving of God's wrath. We're deserving of God's judgment. But in Jesus Christ... He has satisfied all judgment and righteousness on the cross and in the power of the resurrection. We are clothed in His righteousness and made whole and complete. That's that's the love that God has for us and how we are secure in Him. And so now, obeying the law, wanting to fulfill the law, is the desire because we're captured by His love. Because we're compelled by His love, now we obey the law out of joy and thanksgiving and gratitude and and expectation for the wisdom of obeying His law. So we want to fulfill it. And he He tells us here, it's as we learn and grow in love, then we are fulfilling the law. Now, the upcoming uh, sermons in this series will continue to walk through, what does it mean to love? That's a complex um, topic here. How do we do that? Well, like next week, um, we'll have, uh, um, it's about listening. How we learn to listen, to truly listen, to care about um, the other. So that we we listen and hear, not only what they're saying with their words, but what they're saying with their soul. And how, whenever you know, you're, you're heard, I mean, you feel 
loved and you are loved so we'll we'll be doing that uh, next week and encourage you if you didn't go today that each week we'll have a class in the uh, fellowship hall um, that will be really a good time of discussion and a good time of more nitty-gritty how to how do we love how do we listen how do we forgive how do we enjoy one another how do we grow in better and better relationships so that we fulfill God's goal for us in love. Now, when we, we talk about uh, um, uh, uh, love, um, you know, there's a lot of different definitions, right? And uh, we, we can talk a lot of different ways. And you, uh, you heard me say this before. You know, we can say we love all kinds of things. You know, I mean, that we love peanut butter. We love spaghetti. You know, and, uh, and I love you. You know, it's like, well, more than peanut butter, spaghetti. How does that work? Um, uh, but in, in the, and some of you are aware, know that in the New Testament times, there are even three words uh, that we translate love. You know, there's eros, which was where we get erotic love, which is that romantic love between two. And then there's this, uh, um, there's philos. Uh, which is like Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. So philos is like this mutual brotherly love. This is mutual love of, of friends. And then today, this, but the word we look at today is agape love. And that's, that's the love um, that is used most often for God's love. And that's a one-way love. It's just a love that, that flows from God to us. It's unconditional Matter of fact, it's what we don't deserve. Uh, the, um, uh, Paul uh, says earlier in Romans, he says, we were enemies of God. We were opposed to God. We were running from God, hiding from God. Yet God in His love called us, saved us, did what was best for us. John, in one of his letters, says, you know, this is love, not that you love God, but that God loved you and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice to secure your forgiveness. It's an act of love that you didn't deserve, that we didn't deserve, that God brings because of his character, because of his nature. God so loved the world that he gave. It's just who he is Independent, independent of what we have done or haven't done. That's agape, this one-way love that now he captures us and fills us with and now wants us to experience, wants us to grow into this. This isn't something that we can just go do tomorrow. Or at least I know I can't. It's not, not something that we just... This kind of agape love where it's unconditional on, to, towards another. Now, because I, I got sin and selfishness that still runs through in me that makes me want to be concerned not about you but about me. And, and even when I get concerned about you, I'm getting concerned about you about how you maybe get concerned about me. You know, and, and you know how that just sort of keeps coming back. You know, I mean, I can jump from you to you, you know, from Dave, then to Sharon, and then Jen, and then Mark. I can jump from y'all. You'd be concerned about y'all all so that eventually, uh, how does that relate to me? But God's love is that perfect love that is 
simply that unconditional, unmerited, based on his character. And that's, that's what we're growing into in our relationships. That's why he has us in relationships, so that we can grow into that and experience, even marvel more and more at that unconditional love of God and be, be captured by that love. Be captured by that love so that what we do, how we act towards one another, is to do what is best for the other to the best of our ability. If you, if you pushed me to say, well, what is meant by agape love? How do we, what, what is that, how do we define that today? It's being captured by God's love. I do what is best for you to the best of my ability. Yeah, I think that's, that's that God comes alive in us and the transforming work that he's doing in us is to, to, to capture us with his love so that we do what is best for the other to the best of our ability. I mean, that's, that's why he's, he has saved us. That's why he's called us. He's, to, to make us better lovers. To, to make us better lovers of Him, better lovers of creation, better lovers of one another, even better lovers of our enemy. See, that's why this, this, it's this kind of love that it doesn't, that when Jesus says, love your enemy, He's not saying, I want you to feel this way towards them, or I want you to act towards them. What is the best thing you can do for them? And part of the, the, the reason that I add to the best of our ability is just to recognize we're imperfect, you know, that, that we have limitations. We, we're still in our own sin. As I was saying, there will be times when we, we do what we think is the best for another person, but, but we're wrong. You know, we, we, that's not what is best. But we think, we think it. That, that's our heart. That's our desire. And, and we recognize, too, that there are hard decisions in love. I mean, hear, hear this out, because, again, this is where you know, our, our definition of love today you know, can be sort of romantic or precious moments kind of stuff. You know, instead of, no, you, you, we do what is best for the other. Um, uh, and it's like, but it's an easy example to say, you know, we're, we're, it's not about making other per, another person happy in the moment. Well, maybe, and that's great. Um, uh, but for those of us you know, that are pleasers and stuff, that, we can get focused on that. But that's not what this kind of love is. And, and again, easy example that brings that out is if you've had a friend or someone that you uh, knew who is an addict, you know, whatever they were an addict of, it's, it's not loving to feed their addiction. It's not loving if they're saying, give me another drink, and you're and you give them another drink, or that they uh, want another hit, and you give them another hit. You know, it's just, it's not loving. The loving thing, what is best, is to say no. And we'll see this also in, um, you know, in really difficult situations in marriages, you know, where there's abuse of some kind between spouses. And you know, I've had a number of times over the course of time, and talking to couples in that way. And my experience is um, uh, with uh, folks, they, they come in and one of the spouses is like, this is what's happening, this is what's happening to me. But they, they don't want to separate. They, they don't want to go down that path. They, they don't want to explore that. And it's like, listen, uh, that, uh, you, you promised before God and one another and all that were there to love. 
And that means to do what is best for the other. Is it the best thing for you to let this abusive relationship continue? Is that the, is that, I'm sorry, is that the best thing for your spouse to allow them to continue to do that? It's not. It's not what's loving. You need to say no. You need to take action and step and leave. It actually is the most loving thing to do because you don't want to feed their addiction. You don't want to feed their sin. So to love, to do what is best, isn't just, well, okay, whatever you say is best, that's what I'm going to do for you. No, it's, it's a challenge. It's a, it's a journey of wisdom led by the Holy Spirit in community with others to say, no, how do we do what is best for one another? Now, Paul goes on then. He gives a couple um, illustrations here. He says, you know, so here are some of the laws that, that this fulfills, this, this law of love, this being captured by the love of God and doing what is best for the other person to the best of your ability. And then that, that um, you, you see that that always fulfills the law. And then he, then he gives a, a list here of, of some of the, just some of the Ten Commandments, you know, that relate to how we relate to one another. And, and he gives, he calls out four of them, right? He says, do not commit adultery, do not murder, Murder, do not steal, and do not covet. And then it says, you know, any other commandment of God, you know, leads here. But these these four, I think he picked for a reason. And and part of his reason here is, is he's getting at four foundational elements of our relationship with one another: sex, power, money, and desires. Uh, adultery is around sex. Um, uh, murders are really around power. Stealing is about money, possessions, you know, stuff. And then coveting is about our desires. Now, I just want to look at, uh, at two today, particularly. Um, even though this did give me an idea of, studying. oh, here's a whole other sermon series. But uh, um, did just sit with these and say, all right, what are two, though, that really relate well to our day right now? And so the first one, around adultery. I mean, around sex. About, because, well, it's a, it's a really good one, because that's where love can really get confused. Yeah, because... We, in our hypersexualized world, love is really about my pleasure instead of the pleasure of another. And that's when adultery is really me pursuing my pleasure. And adultery is when I have sexual relationships with someone else besides my wife. When I am unfaithful to the covenant promise that I made to God and to my wife um, before um, other witnesses of the, the covenant community. And, and I think it's really important and significant as we talk about relationships and being better together, that it, for those of us that are married, man, that that's, that's the, the relationship we want to pour energy and time into regularly and want to be sure that it can be so easy we take for granted that relationship instead of really build into it and say, am I doing what is best for my spouse? And make that the, the focus of, of my attention to the best of my ability. And, and I tell you, if within, the, within the family, as you, you want to love your, your children. The best way to show your children what love is, is to love one another as husband and wife. 
That, that um, uh, will be the best way that they learn what love is. And again, uh, again, uh, um, uh, the, the middle hour classes are, will be great to give particular details around that or just to continue to think throughout this series. For those of you that are married, to say, how does this apply to my relationship with my spouse? And, and Gene will also, in the middle class, give us resources and other things that we can do to really um, delve deeper into beyond you know, this time. I think it's also um, significant because of the um, myriad of cases of sexual harassment and sexual crimes and just all how that has just been revealed, um, all the, the issues around um, improper sexual relationships between men and women. And I think that that being shown, that that coming out, is just a sign of the reality of how broken our common message is about sexuality, about how self-focused it is, instead of truly agape love-focused. Because I think the preponderance of pornography, which is so easy around us, whether it's hard porn or soft porn, you know, or, or just the, the hypersexualized way that, that sex is used, particularly of the women's body. Yeah, I mean, you've seen it, I've seen it. Yeah, there was a woman in a bikini selling shingles for a roof. I don't know how those relate. Because one is uncovered mostly and the other is supposed to cover. You know, may, I, don't, I don't know. But what that message, what that message forms in me is that a woman's body is an object of my desire. That's that's what it forms in me. It forms, it has nothing to do with love. It has everything to do with me. And that it objectifies, makes a woman's body an object then that is there to please me. And that's the very opposite of love. Matter of fact, Jesus says, if you lust after a woman in your heart, you've committed adultery with her according to his law. So significant in our day to recognize, man, there are powers that are at work that are forming us in ways that transgress God's law. It's just so common. It's the water we swim in. Don't even think about it. And now it's being revealed and shown. So keep our eyes, again, our our focus. And, And if we have this simple thing, what is the best thing for the other? And that that will cut through. The, the evil messages of the, our hyper-sexualized world today. Right? The, um, uh, and Because and, what, what we want is to have relationships. What I, I want is a relationship not where I see a woman as an object for my desire, but as a creation of God, created in His image, who's to be honored, respected, and cherished. And that's what I want for the boys that hang out with my daughters also. (laughs) The second piece here, the other command is the command, do not murder. Because we could easily jump through that one and say, I haven't done that. Okay, good, I'm loving. 
Um, uh, have not killed someone to, to end their life. But really, this is about power that we use over others. <clears throat> ways that we harm others in order to build ourselves up. Um, ways that we destroy others in, in order to somehow make ourselves feel better or get what we want or make things easier for us. And that's, Jesus tells us, now that if, if we um, hate another, that we've committed murder. If we call them names, call them fool, um, then we've committed murder. We've transgressed the law of love. That we, we don't use our power to abuse others or to use others or to get what we want. Matter of fact, Jesus tells us that he didn't come in the fullness of his power in order to to be served, but to serve. So in a, a few moments, we're going to celebrate the gifts of God and have the folks that will be um, uh, elders and, and deacons that will be installed and ordained for this, this year and um, pastors as well. And it's a, a good word, a good reminder as, as we come into that, that place of power and authority, that position, that it is a call to love. It is a call to serve. It, it is a call to seek God's agenda for what is the best for the other. It's not a, a place, okay, now I get to bring my agenda in here. Now I get to bring my voice in, in here to, to, to lead so we can do what I want us um, to do. Uh, it's, a, it's a call to serve. So why, why Jesus said that he didn't come to serve but to be served and to give his life as a ransom for many. And it's a, a good reminder, then, of, of any of the positions of authority, of responsibility that we have. They're, they're to be characterized by this love of God for the other. What, what is best for the other? And as that becomes our guiding principle, then we fulfill the law, that law of love. So our goal, our, our goal in, this, in this, this journey as we continue to focus on our relationships to be better together is to owe to no one anything but to love them. To owe nothing to anyone um, but to do what is best for them in the best of our ability. To, to be journeying in that direction because that's the way of Jesus that's what fulfills the law. That's what fulfills God's desire. That is the very character of God. So next week, we'll, we'll jump into listening for, for heaven's sake. And so that we, how we do, then begin to focus our attention on what what is the desire? What, what are, who are these others that God has put us in relationship with? That we know them, we understand them, so that we together can do what is best to the best of our ability. Amen.